Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. I just heard that mic. Am I good with my mic? We, we, we go. Okay. All right. Romans chapter number 12. Uh, I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get back to where we were, uh, right before Christmas. We were in this, uh, actually these, just these two verses. We've preached twice out of that. And the first time we learned that God wants us to submit to him, submit to him. I beseech ye, I beg you, Paul is saying, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. You want, he wants you to submit. God wants you to surrender to him. It's not your will, but his will. Jesus in the garden said, Lord, this is what I want, but I want what you want. All right. Uh, thy will be done. And we are to submit and surrender our will. We're to surrender our life. We're to surrender our all to him. If, that, if you remember that message, say amen. amen. You don't, it's on our website. Amen. He wants us to submit. But then, then right after that, we preached on the world. How many of y'all remember that message? The world. It says, be not conformed to this world. We learn that the world is described as wickedness. It's described in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19 as wickedness. In Ephesians 2, 2 as a course or a lifestyle or a system or order. It's described as a spirit in 1 Corinthians 2, 12. Uh, an invisible force, if you will. So when we say the world, we know we're not talking about the planet. We're not talking about the creation. We're not talking about the sky, the mountains, and the earth. He's not talking about that. And he's not talking about the people that live in it. We're not supposed to hate the people. We're supposed to love the people. But when it comes to the world, to this system, to this, this outside force that's out there, this culture, if you will, he says, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world for the love of the world. Listen, it's all, all, all that you see out there. It's going to pass away one day. And so we're not to love it. We're not to befriend it. It says, don't be a friend to the system. Don't cozy up to it. Don't, don't be friendly with it. If you will, don't conform to it. And so that brings us to today. We learned what it was and, and, and in great detail. And I, I hope if you did miss that one, please go back and watch it because it's in very much detail about what the world truly is. And so uh, now today we're going to talk about the second verse. Be not conformed to this world. Now let's read that. Everybody real loud. You, you, you can read it on the screen in your, in your Bibles. It, it, it's just, it's, it's easy. We can memorize it right here. You ready? Be not conformed to this world. Let's say it again, everybody. Be not conformed to this world. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What does that mean? What does that mean to be conformed to this world? What is, what is involved in this phrase? There is so much we need to get. And I will admit, I will admit, I've got probably way more information than is needed on a Sunday morning because of the time. Uh, usually I'll have an outline like this on Wednesday uh, because I have a little more time. So I'm going to have to go faster. 
And, and, and I'm saying this, usually I'll make a joke about that and, and you, need, you need to listen fast and all, but I truly need you to pay attention today. This is not a game. This is for real. I need you to pay attention and really receive what the Holy Spirit has for you today. If you're, if you're understanding what I'm saying, say amen. amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for your mercy. I'm so grateful for your spirit. Lord, you've already answered my prayer this morning. I felt your presence. And Lord, I pray right now for your power. I pray for your unction. I pray for your touch. I pray that the Holy Spirit will be in full control of this message and and my words and my thoughts. And and Lord, the sermon, the, the message that you want your people to hear. Lord, I pray right now, control me. Guide my mind. Guide my words. Guide my thoughts. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. Help me to be clear. Help me to be concise. Help me to make sure every person understands what we're teaching today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Be not conformed to this world. All through scripture, the world is seen as wicked. The world is a system. It is an order. It's a culture. It's a, if you want to use it this way, uh, to just to make it easier to understand, it's an invisible force. It's, it's like, it's like if you were to get into a river or to a stream and you are swimming upstream and it's constantly coming against you, coming against you. The moment you get saved, you step into that that stream that is the world that is constantly coming against you, constantly applying pressure. And you see, the world works different than God works. The world works from the outside. God works from the inside. That's why he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That is the word metamorphio, where we get our word metamorphosis, which means a change that happened, that it shows on the outside, but it starts on the, on the inside. But I need everybody to pay attention. I need you to understand that the moment you get saved, that God begins a process of transformation on the inside of you, but there is a force on the outside that is at work. It is an evil force. It is a deadly force. It is a, it is a powerful force that is in control by Satan himself. And it is coming against you and it is wanting to apply pressure to you. Look at the definition, the definition of conform to fashion alike, to conform to the same pattern. To fashion oneself according to. It means to apply pressure like as in a mold, if you will. How many of you, how many of you have been with your, your mama or your grandmama or maybe you've seen it on TV that there's some, there's some dough out on the, on the counter, uh, maybe some cookie dough, and they took one of those little stars or they took one of those little circles or maybe something that was in the shape of a pony, whatever it is, and they, they press that, they press, what would you call that, a cookie cutter? Okay, they press that into the, into the dough and the dough takes on the form of the cookie cutter. Does that make sense? And so, so you, have a, you have a system out here. You have a spirit out here, a, a force that's trying to pressure you 
into forming or taking the form of what it's wanting you to do. In other words, it's wanting you to dress like them. It's wanting you to act like them. It's wanting you to talk like them. It's wanting you to be like them, to think like them, to have. Are y'all with me? And I'm afraid we've got a problem in the in the American church. And the first problem is this. The first problem is this. Number one, if you're if you're if you're looking at your notes, you have them in front of you. We're not realizing the danger. We need to realize the danger that this world posts against us. We don't. You say, how do you know we don't? Because we're too friendly with it. There's too many Christians that are too cozy when it comes to being in this world and in this culture. They're not afraid of it. They're, 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 not, they're not sensing, they don't understand the danger that is out in this world. Peter didn't understand it. Jesus came to Peter the night he was arrested and say, and he says, he told Peter what was going to happen. The shepherd's going to be smitten and the sheep are going to scatter. And they said, no, 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 no. They were so arrogant, so self-confident. We got all of this. And he said, Peter, you don't understand. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Satan hath desired to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. But Peter didn't realize the danger. He didn't recognize what we're facing when we leave these doors. We are so, we are so naive. Christians are so naive today. They don't understand that we're not in a game. We are in truly, literally in a battle. We are at war. There is a war going on out there between good and evil. And you're right dab smack in the middle of it. Here's the thing. Realizing the danger. First of all, I want you to see the atmosphere. The atmosphere that we find. The atmosphere that we find. John 7, 7. The world cannot hate you. This is Jesus speaking to unbelievers in the gospel. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth. Why did they hate Jesus? Because I testify of it that the works of the world, by the way, this culture, this movement, this spirit, this force, the works thereof are evil. In other words, when you walk out those doors, you walk dead smack into an evil atmosphere. And some of y'all are... Too immature, too naive to even recognize it. First John five nineteen. He said, Jesus said, the world hates me because I tell it and I explain it and I reveal that the works are evil. First John five nineteen says this, and we know that we are of God and read it with me. And the whole wickedness. How much of the world? The world. The term world, I wrote this in your notes, and this, is, this may help you get it. The term world here is not referring to the earth. It describes a system or manner of life with its values, beliefs, morals, which are in opposition to God's. Worldliness, watch this, worldliness is like gravity. It's always there. 
always pushing down on you, always exerting its influence on you. As a Christian, you are charged with resisting it day by day. In other words, every day of your life, you get up and you go out in that atmosphere, in that anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Bible atmosphere and environment. That is the environment that you live. That is the environment that you work. That is the environment that you play. That is the environment that you conduct yourself every single day. Every single day, you're in it. Every single day, it's, it's around you. Every single day, you're exposed to evil and wickedness. Why do you think God said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together? Because you're in it all the time. You need to be able to take a break from that. You need to be able to break off from that atmosphere and come into an atmosphere of worship and come into an atmosphere of praise and come into an atmosphere of holiness to recharge your battery, to go back out in that darkness and shine and shine, shine. It's an atmosphere that we find. We need to realize the danger because of the atmosphere. We need to realize the danger because of the adversary we fight. We play around like there's really no enemy, but there is an enemy. First Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. It means alert. It means wake up. Be vigilant because your, what's that word? Adversary. adversary your enemy. Your enemy, your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion who walketh about seeking whom he may Do y'all understand what that means? To seek whom he may devour. That means destroy. Some people think that the devil is just this little creature that's prancing around trying to discourage you. No, he doesn't want to discourage you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your future. He is real. We have an enemy. The Bible says he's like a lion. Ephesians 2, 2 says, where in time past you walked according to the course. There it is. Course of this world, that system, that order. We used to go with the flow, if you will. We used to just go and do and do as we please and sin and, and live in sin and act in sin. According to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan. He's the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of what? Disobedience. Disobedience. We have an enemy. Here's, here's, I've been really trying to think in, in, in how I could illustrate this because I know when you get visual illustrations, it's a little easier to get it. If anybody's ever been deer hunting, <clears throat> if you are a deer hunter in here, you'll, you'll get this more than anybody. I've been, I've been sitting in a deer stand before, just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And, 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 and all of a sudden, uh, this little young deer, little young deer, maybe a yearling deer, uh, not been around very long at all. He just prances out in the middle of the field, so happy-go-lucky, like he's just proud to be here, just glad to see everybody, looking for some corn to eat, looking for some rice. He don't care, ain't got a care in the world, just prancing around and right in the middle of the open field. But if you ever... See, an old deer, 
or a big buck or a, a wise, smart deer. They're looking before they come out in that field. Their head is in the air and they're smelling every direction. Their nose is powerful. And if they smell the least little scent that's unusual, that shouldn't be there, they are gone. And even when their their nose tells them that the, the coast is clear, they'll still cautiously, cautiously prance out and just kind of ease that one step and stop and look and look and look and look. You know why? You know how he got to be old? Hello? And this is what I'm seeing with Christians. Christians are are like that little young deer. They don't sense the danger. They don't understand the, the evil that's out there. They don't understand the wickedness that's out there. They don't understand the enemy that's out there. And he is good at what he does. Satan is good at what he does. He got the first man, Adam. He got the smartest man, Solomon. He got the man closest to God's own heart, David. He got the most powerful man, Samson. Hello? But we're just just in this world, just frolicking around with no care in the world, thinking everything's all right, singing kumbaya. We're saying we're going to heaven and we're just playing around like there'll always be tomorrow. And we flirt with this world we get in it, we listen to the world's music, we look at the world's lifestyles, we, we, just, we just infiltrate our minds with the world's garbage. And we have no idea that Satan is a sniper up in a tree fixing to take you out. We need to realize the danger. The atmosphere that's out there, it's wickedness. It's evil. The whole world lieth in wickedness. To spirit, an invisible force. There's a real true enemy that's after you. He's got an agenda. He has got an, a battle plan to take you out. Do y'all understand that? He has got a plan and he's orchestrating that agenda to take you out. But not only that, this is something that's not going to be preached very many places. We need to realize the danger because of the atmosphere we find, the adversary we fight, and the anger. Say it with me. The anger anger we flee. Watch this. Watch this. Psalm 711. God judges the righteous and, watch this. Everybody read it with me. And... Let's read it again because you didn't really read it with with conviction. Y'all ready? And don't listen to these false teachers telling you that God's okay with everything. Don't listen to false teachers who think that God is just letting everything slide under the rug. That he doesn't care about nothing. He just, he's just this. God hates Wickedness. 
If you want to know what God thinks about wickedness, take a good look at Calvary and what he did to his son because the wickedness and sin of this world was upon him. God is angry with the wicked. God's wrath is going to come against the wicked. Say, but God is a God of love. He sure is. He loves holiness. And he loved you enough to send his son to die so you could be forgiven, so you could come out of that mess. He's angry. I don't want God to be mad at me. I don't, I don't, I want to be like the son. Jesus said, I do always those things that please the father. I want God to be pleased with me. I want God, when I get to heaven, they look down at me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Listen, watch what it says. James 4, 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Ye adulterers and that's people that cheat on people. That's people who are in a relationship with another person and has made a covenant with another person and is supposed to be committed to this other person, but they're playing around with other people. And God says, you're an adulterer and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of this world is enmity with God. In other words, if you're supposed to be committed to God, if you're supposed to be in relationship with God, if you're supposed to be in covenant with God, you don't have any business flirting with the world. Getting cozy with the world. God calls it spiritual adultery. Watch this now. Watch this. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world. That means fond Fond liking of the world is the, come on guys, is the, man, I don't want to be God's enemy. Do you understand? Do you realize the danger? Not only the danger of the atmosphere that we live, not only the danger of the enemy that we face, we have an adversary, but there is a God who hates wickedness. He is angry at wickedness. When we cozy up to the world, when we think it's okay, then we become his enemy. Anything. The friendship of the world is enmity with God, animosity with God. You can't love both. You can't love both. When it says be not conformed, here's what I want you to do. Number one, I want you to, come on everybody. Number one, when it comes to be not conformed, I want you, number one, to realize the, realize the danger. Then secondly, after you understand what kind of danger is out there and how serious this is, I need you to recognize the devices. I need you to recognize the devices. 2 Corinthians 2.11. say, what in the world are you talking about devices? 2 Corinthians 2.11. Let's put that on the screen. 2 Corinthians 2.11. Watch what it says. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his... Now that word can be translated schemes. Schemes. His plan. His agenda, if you will. He's got a battle plan for you. He's got devices. He's got trickery. He's got deceit. 
He's planning an attack on you. That's what that means. And we need to understand how he does that. We need to understand where the battle is. We need to understand where he's going to attack and how he's going to attack. That's what, what, that's what I'm trying to say. Now, when I say be not conformed, the key word, if you look at your notes there, the key word in understanding conforming is one word. What's that word? Influence. Influence. Everybody say that. Influence. In other words, this world, this force, this invisible force out there, this wickedness, this evil that's out there, it is applying pressure to you trying to, come on everybody, trying to influence you. Trying to influence you. Trying to, trying to move you. Trying to influence you to their side. All right, now watch. First of all, I want you to see the, ob- the objective, the objective to this influence. The objective to this influence. I just put just a few things down, just five things real quick. What, what is he trying to influence? What is Satan trying to influence in the homes of God's children? He's trying to influence your parenting. This world is trying to influence your parenting. And it started a long time ago. It didn't just start today. You see, there was a time when parents believed the Bible. There was a time when parents would go to the Bible to see how to train their young people. The Bible says to discipline your child. The Bible said, the Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. I think that's the only Bible verse my father memorized. How many of y'all remember parents or grandparents or great grandparents that they had that motto? You know, you, you spare the rod, you and it worked. It worked for generation after generation after generation after generation. They believed in discipline. They believed in making the child mine. They believed in teaching the child what no means. They believed that the the parent is the parent and the child is the child. But somewhere along the line, this influence, the devil influenced a writer to write a book to tell you how to raise your kids according to, listen, it's completely anti-Bible. Oh, just let them develop. Just let them be them. Just, 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 just let them form themselves. Well, that's stupid. That's like digging. That's like, listen, plowing a garden, plowing it up, plowing it up. And then just saying, all right, tomatoes, y'all come on. Not planting any seed, not digging any weeds, not applying any fertilizer. I promise you this, if you leave your children to themselves, they will turn into a rebel and the Bible says they will embarrass you. But there's been an influence in year after year, year after year. Guess what we're seeing? We're seeing right, a six year old child just shot a teacher this week. Do you understand what I'm saying? Six years old, just took a gun to a school and shot a teacher. She's in critical condition today. Children shooting up children, shooting up schools. 
Oh, it's a gun problem. It's a gun problem. No, it's not a gun problem. It's a parent problem. We're not training our children. We're not training our children. We're sending our children off to be watched like cattle. We don't have time to spend with them. We don't have time to pray with them. We don't have time to work with them. We don't have time to read with them. We don't have time to teach them. And we wonder why we're raising a whole generation of people who do not respect life. I'll tell you why. Because we've been influenced by the world. Listen, this influence. Satan wants to influence your parenting. He wants to influence your priorities. He wants to influence your priorities. God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And listen, he has affected the priorities of Christians all over America. Listen, they're putting ball. They're putting sports. They're putting everything else before God. If they have a little time left, maybe they'll give God the scraps of their life. And this influence and our priorities are all out of whack. He wants to influence lifestyle, what you believe about a correct lifestyle. We see, we know, I don't have to say, you know. He's wanting to influence morality, what you think is okay. He's wanting to influence what you think. And and, and by the way, we can take what we think is the worst of the worst. But it's no, it's, I mean, it ain't even a thing. It ain't even a thing for people to shack up. And come to church every week like it's okay. Now there was a day that you might do something stupid, but you didn't let anybody know. You kept it hid because you knew it was wrong. Now it's just being flaunted out in the open because this world has convinced you that it ain't no big deal. You see, this influence that's out there, it's influencing our parenting, it's influencing our priorities, it's influencing our lifestyles, it's influencing our sense of morality. Sadly, it's it's influencing our fashion. Our fashion. Men, let me encourage you, if you ever go, well, anywhere now, but especially the airport, please put on some blinders. Now I'm not, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting, you know, sinners to, to act like, you know, Sunday school saints, but, but, but at least have some common decency to respect yourself enough to wear clothes that are modest. And that, that doesn't bother me near as much as when you come to church and people who are supposed to know God and love God and understand the scriptures dress immodestly. You say, why are they doing that? Because the world's doing that. Because the world, this is a look, this is something comfortable, wearing things that are so tight. Listen, you can see every, everything. Or even that, not enough. Too high, too low on the top, too high on the bottom, man. It it just, why? Because that's what they're wearing. That's the style they have. That's the fashion that's out there. And if you say something about it, you're just going to make somebody mad. You look at, look at, look at prom styles. Look at prom styles. I, I said something about that the other day when we were talking about the world. And I could, man, I could, you could fry an egg on somebody's mama's heads in, in, this, in the house. 
Now, I want, to, I, want to, I want you to do this. And in, in, in all honesty, for five seconds, don't be mad at me. Just listen to me. You take some snapshots of some of the dresses that, were, that are being wore at formals and at proms and then go to Las Vegas and look at the strip and look at the prostitutes on the street and you tell me if there's any difference. Don't, 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 don't prejudge what I'm saying. Just, I, I, all you got to do is Google it. And you tell me if there's any difference. Well, I think it's okay. I think it's cute. Well, one's selling their body by it. That's advertisement. But we've got, we've got, hey, people in this world, I have no beef with them. They do what they do. I'm talking to church people. But you know what's happened? We've been, we've been, help me, we've been influenced. There's been so much pressure applied that we have conformed to the fashion of this world. Amen. How does this happen? That's the objective. That's the objective. How does this happen? How does Satan do this? What, what means and methods does Satan use to influence us and get us to conform? We see his operation of influence. Well, first it starts with entertainment. Look up on this stage. This is supposed to be a TV. <clears throat> I know it looks like, a, I know it looks like a, 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 a computer screen, but it's not. It's a TV. It's supposed to be a TV. You have, you have a TV. You have this little demonic, addictive piece of equipment. And we have this. Satan is using these things to pump into your home and to pump into your life his propaganda, and you are being you are being brainwashed and influencing you, and you don't even know it. He's influencing you by the movies that you watch, by the by the sit. Look, 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 look. Let me let me let me say it, and then I'll come back to that. Number one, everybody, get with me. Number one, come on, everybody, entertainment. Say it with me. Number one. Movies, sitcoms, talk shows, reality shows. Now y'all look at me a minute. What, what sitcom, what sitcom or reality show is holy and pure? What sitcom or reality show promotes godliness and purity and righteousness? What, what do they do? They promote ungodliness. They promote sex. They, and not, not, not God's way. Ain't nothing wrong with sex. God created it. He made it for a right way and a right reason. And it's a blessing. But the devil distorts it. And what are we doing? What are we doing? We've got an open portal in our house, sitting our kids in front of all three of these. And it's just going in their brain, going in their brain, going in their brain. So they see it so much. And they come here and I'm here 20 minutes yelling from the top of my lungs. And I look like the crazy guy. 
Because all week long, they're being, they're being bombarded by images. They're being bombarded by themes. They're being bombarded by slogans. They're being bombarded by ideology and ideas, this anti-God, anti-Christ. And, and, and watch this now. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You tell me one person in here. There may be, I doubt it. You tell me one person in here that's not going to be in front of one of these three this week. And I'm going to tell you this. These three can be a direct portal to hell. Now, I'm not going to jump up here and say you need to take all of this and burn it in the trash and all that kind of stuff. I'm not. Listen, but what I am trying to get you to do is understand you need to know where the off button is. You need to understand when to say when. You need to understand that if it's not fit for your kids to watch, most likely it's not fit for you to watch. Let me tell you what will happen. Let me tell you what will happen. Abraham messed up and went to Egypt. Egypt represents the world. Y'all with me? And he took somebody with him who was younger than him more impressionable than him, weaker than him. What was his name? Lot. It was his nephew. And listen, you may be strong enough, I I doubt it, but you may be strong enough not to let this influence in you. But watch this. Abraham come out of Egypt. God chastened him and God corrected him. And God convicted him. And so he came out. And he brought Lot with him, but he never got Egypt out of Lot. And you know what the Bible says? That when it came time for them to split ways, that that Lot chose the plains that were close to Sodom and Gomorrah because it reminded him of Egypt. Preacher, what are you saying? You may be able to turn this off and then not have influence on you, but you may have a young, impressionable mind that's sitting on that couch that will not be able to forget what they just saw. And the devil is using these things. It is amazing to me. It is amazing to me. We've got young, young children who have access to the worst kinds of pornography and it's okay with the parents. You say, well, that's not okay. You're letting them have it. We're not checking it. We don't have, we don't have, what do you call them things? Well, uh, parental guards or whatever on it. Say, these are tools. These are tools that could be so greatly used for the kingdom of God. It's incredible. They can be so used to pump propaganda and to influence you and what can come on everybody and listen. Satan's conforming God's people through entertainment, movies, sitcoms, talk shows, reality shows, media, broadcasting, publishing, internet, magazines. Ladies, be careful the magazines you listen to or, or read. Be careful. Education is huge. Higher education, which is a 
oxymoron. Kids are going to places and the professors are convincing them that there is no God. That they came from a monkey. Education, liberal, and, and everything you're seeing in society, everything that you're seeing in the government right now, they have slowly infiltrated the government and it's never going to be the same again. Because we've allowed a corrupt educational system to ruin our children. Now watch. <clears throat> Satan's after the children. These are some... These are some headlines. These are articles that I've seen the headlines. And I, I, I just copied them down. I just copied them down. Here's some headlines. In America. In America, guys. You know, in, in, in America, in God we trust, in, in that America. Democrats, teachers, unions fight to keep parents from learning what their kids are taught. Here's another one. Are teachers obliged to tell parents their child might be trans? Courts may soon decide. Here's another one. Teachers explain how they push gender lessons on young children. Drag queen story hour slammed as sexualizing children after Maryland Library hosts interactive event. Here's another one. Drag queen story hour for first graders at Philadelphia Public School outrages parents. Here's another one. Michigan Attorney General says drag queen, uh, drag queens make everything better and suggests drag queens for every school. The Attorney General of the state of Michigan. In Chicago, the city's largest children's hospitals offer kink and trans friendly sex toys for minors. Nonprofit, these are all different ones. These are all different articles. Nonprofit partnered with AFT provides books with sex imagery, drag queens, and gender ideology for K through 12 teachers. Ohio School District tells teachers they don't have to inform parents of students' name or pronoun change. San Francisco mandates teaching gender identity in elementary school. Parental involvement not required. Illinois school district offers curriculum for K through third grade guys, K through third grade kids to break the binary of gender. Kinder, here's another one. Kindergarten is where the woke agenda begins in Portland's public schools. Kindergarten. San Francisco Unified School District facilitates secret child sexual transitions and lets kids identify as it. Here's some children's storybooks. They're drag queen storybooks. The hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish. If you're a drag queen and you know it, Annie, uncle, drag queen, hero. These are children's books. Preacher, what are you saying? Do you understand now this is not a game? You say, why are they going after the children? Because they're trying to get to them before God does. If, if you can get a child, you see, they're having a hard time with old people. Because old people know better. Because old people were raised in that whooping generation. So they're going after your children. This is not a game, this is a warfare. 
This is a battle. And I don't even have the time. There was article after article after article of teachers being fired because they would not go with his agenda and they are being fired all over the country. Listen, this is being pushed down your throat. It is coming. It's not coming, it's here. And we're still that little deer frolicking in the meadow. Not even aware of the danger that we're in. Listen, Satan, he's after our children. He uses entertainment. He uses education. He uses the media. He uses friendships. He uses friendships. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Ladies and gentlemen, some of y'all are hanging around the wrong people. Some of you are hanging around the wrong people. Now watch this, how this works. This didn't just happen, guys. Here's how Satan works. Do y'all have that process of conforming? Is that on a, on a slide, if y'all have that? The process of conforming? If not, it's, it's okay. Here, on your notes, on your notes, there's three words. There's three words. First, they demand what? Everybody say it. First, they demand just accept us. We don't want no special privileges. We just want to be. But then when that takes place, then they demand. We don't want you to just accept this lifestyle. We don't want you to just accept this ideology. We don't want you to just accept what we think. We want you to agree. And then when that takes place, then they demand, then they want you to promote it. But look how slowly it took place. While the church was asleep, while we were frolicking, while we were naive and not paying attention. No, let me say this. While we were too busy with entertainment, we were too busy making a dollar. We were too busy and apathetic about our spiritual need. I posted a video. Some of y'all might not like it. I, I, I usually post videos and all y'all share it and like it and everything. But y'all didn't this one. It was a preacher who said, it was a preacher who said, uh, I've got a, I got a mother want me to write a letter for a child that's incarcerated, a child I've never even met. He said, you want me to write a letter, but you wasn't, you wasn't uh, spiritual enough to get out of bed and make him go to church. You didn't want to come hear what I had to say when he was five and he was 10 and he was 15. You didn't want to bother him. You don't want to force him. You don't want to tell him what to do when it comes to spiritual things. He said, honey, guess what? Now they're going to tell him to get up at five in the morning. They're going to tell him when he can eat and when he cannot eat. They're going to tell him when he can go to bed and when he cannot go to bed. Because we just didn't have time. And all God's people said, oh, mercy. We're out of time. We're out of time. I'm not, I'm not going to rush through this because this is too important. There's something we can do. 
Everybody just fold your paper and look at me because I will not be able to finish this today. We will finish it next week. Look at me, everybody. Face, fair, fair view, look at me. Facebook, internet. We better pay attention. We better open our eyes. I, I'm, not, I'm not as much worried about me. I, I'm, not, I'm not even worried about some of you older folks. Because you is what you is. Amen. Amen. But what about the culture that these little people? What's it going to be like? If it's gotten this bad in a five-year span, it has increased so dramatically. I'm telling you, I've been reading articles that just makes the hair stand up on your neck here in America. A young teenage girl was uncomfortable because they were allowing a boy to come into the girl's dressing room. And they didn't snatch the boy out of it. They disciplined her. This is, this is the environment that you're sending your kids out in. Now, everybody look at me. I love you. I love you with all my heart. And I wouldn't be standing up here because I know there's a lot of people hate this and, and, and they're going to be mad at me and all this kind of stuff. So if I didn't love you, I wouldn't be doing this. But if you don't start getting your kids in a priority in God and church and spiritual things in the Bible... If you don't start training them how to recognize evil, how to stand against the wickedness of this world, you're going to lose your kids. We're too concerned with ball, too concerned with hobbies, too concerned with everything in the world that we don't have time for God. That better change. Now next week, Lord's willing... I'm going to tell you what we can do. What steps can we take to keep from being conformed to this world? Brother Mickle, how long have you been saved? Forever, right? Long time. 50 years. Can you come stand right here a minute so Fairview can see you? They know I ain't speaking to a ghost. Stand right here. Look at that camera right there. Can they, can they see him on that camera? Can they see him? Now look here. I've been saved. I'm a preacher. I've been to Bible college. I've been to seminary, the whole deal. Grew up in a, in a preacher's home. And I've got great potential to be conformed. If I'm not careful. Brother Mickle, would you say you've been saved a long time, a long time. Do you still have potential to be conformed if you're not careful? That's right. That's right. We don't come to a place where we automatically, we're, we're like immune to temptation. We're immune to this pressure. You see, no matter what, if I stop swimming against the stream, the stream's going to take me backwards. If, if Brother Mickle stops swimming against the stream, it's going to take him backwards. We all have to be careful.
And we need to take some steps to keep from being conformed. And let me tell you what's going to happen. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Satan's going to give you every single excuse in the world between now and next Sunday not to be here. But hell or high water, buddy, I would be here. 